Welcome to the Hunters and Closers podcast. I'm Dana Haggard, and I'm here to help you fill your pipeline, decrease your time to close, and crush your sales quotas. So welcome to the Hunters and Closers podcast. I'm really excited today to welcome Trish Bertuzzi as my guest on here today. Trish is the president and chief strategist at the Bridge Group. Inc. She is also the author of the Sales Development Playbook, Build Repeatable Pipeline, and Accelerate Growth with Inside Sales. Over the last two decades, Trish has promoted inside sales as a community, profession, and engine for revenue growth. And Trish and her team's research and ideas have been featured on Inc.com and Forbes by associations like SLMA and AAISP and across more than 68 sites in the sales and marketing world. So Trish is uh, well-known. She's received many awards and recognitions, including Top 25 Sales Influencer by OpenView Labs 3X, Top 25 Most Influential in Inside Sales by AAISP uh, three times, and also Top 50 Most Influential People in Sales Lead Management by SLMA. So thank you, Trish, for joining us today. I'm excited. It's going to be a great conversation. It is my pleasure to be here. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to first uh, get your feedback on when you hear the words hunters and closers, what, what comes to mind? What does that mean to you? That's a good question. So hunters to me, I equate with fun because I love to hunt, right? I'm one of those crazy people that loves to do outbound. So hunters to me means someone who's doing maybe outbound well, different strategies, but they're going after new logos. To me, I equate a hunter with a new logo person. A closer, on the other hand, so hopefully hunters would also have closing techniques, but a closer is someone who takes that relationship, crafts that vision with their buyer, and then strategizes to come up with a win-win relationship that results in a deal. Now, closers can be new logo closers, but they can also be expansion closers, renewal closers, cross-sell, upsell closers. So I think closers come in a lot more flavors than they used to. That's great. Yes, that is great. Thank you. So I wanted to dig in today with you and talk about the sales development process. Mm -hmm. In your research and findings, what are some of the biggest hurdles that sales development is facing today? I think there's one big hurdle. One massive, overwhelming, freakish hurdle. And that is that our buyers don't want to talk to us because we've bored the crap out of them, right? I've said it a million times. They've built this massive wall between them and us, deservedly so, because we've gone at them with marketing automation, spam cannons, content is king. No, content is spam now. You know, just like we've inundated them with banal messaging that has nothing to do with them. So now they've built this wall. So I think the biggest hurdle right now is how do you get over the wall and how do you get someone to listen to you? That's great points. And, and you add to that, that people's work hours are expanding, the responsibilities are increasing, and it's, mm -hmm. it's difficult to win that time as a, as a sales development representative. So what are some of the best ways that you found for SDRs then to engage with their prospects and to build that relationship of trust? 
So I think it really depends on what you're trying to accomplish, right? I don't think the SDR can do it alone, number one. And I think too often people hire SDRs and they kind of give them a cadence or a sequence of voicemails and emails and then have at it. So, and that hurts me. That's sad because that makes them struggle and it makes their job harder. So I think what each company needs to do is really identify their buyer persona, you know, What's a day in their life look like? What are their challenges? How are they addressing those challenges? How are they measured? What's a personal win for them? And then develop a strategy for telling those people a story. And the ultimate objective of the story is to arouse curiosity. So they want to have a conversation with you. But along the way, you're establishing empathy and credibility. And I don't think SDRs can do that alone. Not I don't think SDRs can do that alone. SDRs can't do that alone. We have to help them. We have to give them marketing air cover. We have to give them relevant content. We have to give them the buyer persona knowledge. We have to get them fluent in the buyer's language. It's not about pumping out activity. It's about having a conversation and being relevant. That was a long answer for you. Sorry about that. No, that's, no, that's really great insight. And, and I completely agree with you. And many of these SDRs just are not how to put this kindly, are not educated enough, right? When they're hired at a company to know all of that. So marketing can help out by building a playbook, yeah. uh, you know, that that role building out. Uh, the AE can help out by giving some direction in how they want to target a territory. So as you think about that relationship between the SDR and the AE, um, how, in, what do you believe is the best way for them to work together so that, they build out a plan for a territory and attack it. I actually don't think the SDR and the AE should be the ones building out the plan. Because here's the problem. You're an SDR, you're partnered with three, maybe four AEs. That's three, maybe four totally different plans that you're expected to execute. And I don't think the AEs sometimes know what the ultimate end game should look like. I think, and I think this is part of the problem with people being successful I think there should be a corporate strategy. Here's how we're going after our buyers. We're going to do it 100% consistently across the board. And you do it that way so you can A-B test, so you can measure, so you can iterate. It's not SDRs and AEs setting the strategy. To me, that's a recipe for disaster. Just hmm. my opinion. That's interesting. And do you see that at, at all size of organizations? You know, Because some organizations have much smaller teams, much smaller revenues, and there's larger ones that have you know, a lot more employees. Do you see that all across the board or just with certain companies? Well, I mean, at any point in time, we're working with 30 to 35 active clients. So we see a lot of different strategies happening, sure. right? So I think I don't see anything size related. I mean, the bigger the company, the harder it is to turn the ship, right? Big companies have their own unique set of challenges as to startups. So I'm not sure I can answer that question with an answer that would be based on anything I've actually seen. Sure. So I'm just thinking, you know, thinking out loud with you, for example, an account executive, they own their franchise, right? They've got their territory that they should be working on. In your findings, then, you're saying that you think it's best when corporate comes out with one strategy, they all stick to it and attack it in their own territory and in some ways eliminate the creativity that might come from an account executive who lives in the field and has relationships. Is that? Ah, 
You're confusing creativity with strategy, okay? Okay. And I confused you. So let me explain a little bit further. There has to be a corporate strategy. There has to. Right. You have to get to repeatable and scalable. And you can't do that with a bunch of cowboys, you know, wild westing it all. And they're all doing their own thing. There's no way to measure that. Having said that, each territory has its own personality. The SDR and the AE can certainly take a level of creativity with the existing process and execute it, right? So if your territory is heavily focused, say you're in New York, and financial services might be your focus. So hopefully you can be creative with how you go after financial services, but you're still under the umbrella of a corporate strategy. So I'm not saying take out the personal, don't take out the creativity, don't take out the tribal knowledge. I'm just saying, if you have 62 AEs, if you don't have a corporate strategy, you're gonna have 62 sales processes and you're never going to figure out what works. Agreed, good, we're on the same page. So yeah, we're just, I think that that's really important. You need to have that sales process. And I found personally in my consulting that probably 95, 98% of companies don't have a solid sales process like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're all running it at a you know different pace and different strategy. So that's really important. And then the creativity comes in where the AE and the SDR have different characteristics and qualities and talents that they can use to engage then in the territory and, and secure those, those conversations and meetings. Um, what what are some some ways that you found are the best ways then to uh, get the attention of the buyer? Is it through email? Is it through cold calling? I know there's a lot of debate going on online right now about that. Yeah. What are some of the best strategies that you found? So I don't think there's a single strategy because I think it depends on the following variables. Where are you from a brand and name recognition perspective? What level in the organization are you calling? Where does your solution fall in the technology adoption life cycle? I mean, if it was a one-size-fits-all strategy, I wouldn't be talking to you. I'd be retired, right? Because I would have figured it out a long time ago and sold it a million times. So I think it really, you have to take into account all of those different variables. And you have to test. You know, that's why I love um, technologies, and there's a million of them, but outreach, sales loft, you name it. A-B testing is the key to success. You got to A-B test your stories. You got to A-B test your voicemails, your emails. You got to A-B test, you know, should you be going top down, bottom up, you know, does research work and what content work. A-B testing, keys to the kingdom. And I just don't think people do that because they want to put the meat in the sausage grinder and get it going and see what spits out the other end. But when in reality, we should put in a little meat, make a sausage, how's that sausage taste, put in some more meat. And for you vegetarians and vegans, I'm sorry, I can't think of anything for you. <laughs> so at the beginning of the conversation, you talked about how as a, as a what's the word, as, as an organization of sales all across the board, we've bored our prospects because okay, we reached yeah. out to them too much, right? Uh, yeah. How much of a of time should be spent by the SDR or the AE on those mass messages? And how much time should be spent on, you know, sharpshooting and just going, you know, hunting for, you know, a well-crafted message to a CEO or a CMO or, you know, whoever the, the executive may be? Well, once again, it depends on the variables, right? 
So do you have brand and name recognition? Where are you? I mean, there's, there's so many variables that come into play, right? I'm not a fan of the mass message. I think, you know, mass personalization maybe, you know, so it's at least buyer persona personalized. But I think it also depends. If you're going after the enterprise, no mass messaging. If you're going after the mid-market, maybe some. If you're going after SMB, yeah, get your Gatling gun going, right? So there's no one answer to that question. It really depends who you're going after and what you're trying to accomplish. Okay. Yeah, fair, fair answer. And, and like you said, just testing it, can right? Testing like variables? Can you see my sign that says variables matter over there? It's all I ever talk about. No, that's great. It's very yeah. good. Yeah. I want to shift a little bit now and talk about an ebook that you put out uh, in January of this year on uh, paid time off and sales. <laughs> this is a touchy subject, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or leadership. First of all, I didn't write it. Matt wrote it. So if I don't have every detail memorized, please bear with me. No, that's okay. What was the first of all? Why did you? Why did your organization even? Yeah start talking about this conversation of PTO and sales. Oh my God, you're the first one that actually ever asked us that question. So thank you. So the reason Matt got excited about the topic was because in our research, we know that only 55 to 60% of salespeople actually make their quota, right? So it's a a hard enough job from the get-go. The other thing is when we were talking to the market and to our clients, we knew that people are burning out. They're not taking time off. All they do is work. They're not refreshing, re-energizing. They have no work-life balance. And they all work for companies. This is the kicker. They all work for companies who have unlimited vacation time. Right. Which is, you know what? It's true for every department in the organization, except Except. sales development (laughs) or sales or account, anyone who has a quota, right? Those people don't have a limited vacation time, right? That is bullshit, for lack of a better term. So we started looking at it and we're like, look, this is an issue that needs to be addressed. This is an issue where a business has to start thinking about how do I reduce attrition, How do I get my people more satisfied to stay with me? And taking time off is a key ingredient there. So we went out and we talked to some thought leaders and the really good ones had a policy for that. They did give quota relief. You just got to bake it into your overall plan and get, you know, your CFO to approve it. Good luck with that, by the way. But, you know, you got to do it and bake giving your people a life into your revenue strategy. It has to happen. So that's why Matt wrote the ebook. That's great. So yes, I, I've seen the same thing where there's a lot of unlimited PTO going around, but sales does not get to take advantage of it at all. They're never unplugged, right? They go on vacation, which may be a day or two here, and they're still on their phones or on the yep. computer. Um, can you talk more a little bit about the benefits that you've seen with the organizations that do allow the quota relief? How does it help when they're their AEs or the SDRs are, you know, are going out and actually taking vacation? Well, I mean, obviously there's millions of studies done on the benefits of taking time off, right? They're not burnt out. They're re-energized. Um, they feel valued, right? They don't feel just like they're a cog in the revenue machine. They actually feel valued. There's no, um, what do you call it? Mm, I'll use the word jealousy. Like if I'm seeing, you know, everyone else in the organization get to take vacations and I'm sitting there going, well, if I, if I don't work, I don't make money, I'm going to have a little bit of resentment. So I think it addresses many, many, many issues. 
Yes, I agree. So let's talk a little bit about sales leadership now. Uh, you work with a lot of sales leaders. What are some of the best qualities that a sales leader can have to invigorate and to excite their sales teams, especially when they're coming into a new organization? Uh, How can they do that by, you know, getting the team rallied around the number that they have that is going to be a stretch and, and, and a challenge for them this next quarter or next year? Yep. Walk a mile in their shoes. Have you ever seen a CRO go into a new company and never talk to the frontline people? Maybe talk to the field reps, minimal time with inside sales, sales dev, whatever, right? I think the great leaders are people who walk a mile in their people's shoes. Like, God forbid I ever need to get another job because I do love the bridge group. But if I did, I would go be a CRO someplace, right? And the first thing I would do would be get on the phone and be a sales development rep. Think about it. What better way to get up to speed on the market, the buyer, the message, the process than to actually do the job? And I forget his name, but there was a CEO on LinkedIn who became an SDR at his own company for a whole month. Really? And he published, oh my God, I wish I could remember his name. He published like blog after blog after blog on what he found. And it was amazing. So I think the great leaders walk a mile in their shoes. So you do sales development, then maybe you do inside sales. Yeah, you go with field, but you don't go into your office and start prepping for your next board meeting, right? Without walking a mile in your people's shoes. I think. That is amazing. That's awesome. I like that a lot. So it's almost like undercover boss, if you will, but uh, you know, trying to understand what they're going through. There you go. That's great. Great advice. What What should our listeners hear? What What have I not asked you that you'd like our listeners to hear about sales development, about sales leadership, PTO, any anything that you would like to talk about? So what I think I'd like your listeners to hear is a philosophy I have. And the philosophy is that you own your own success. So many people go to a company and they're there and they're like, well, I've been here six months. Why aren't I promoted? Or I've been here a year and a half. Why haven't I been promoted? Well, zippity doo, zip zip, you own your own success, right? Sales is a craft. It's like acting. It's like dancing. It's like playing the violin. You, you own getting better at your craft. Your company doesn't owe you, well, they owe you some level of training and whatnot, but if you really, really, really want to get better, you need to figure out how to perfect your craft. Go to webinars, go to events, uh, read books, look at video, whatever. There's a million ways you can educate yourself nowadays. Go do it. You own you. I love it. That's great. Great advice. Tell me, uh, how, what's the best way for listeners to engage with you, to take advantage of the publishings that you put out frequently and your yep. learnings and, and findings? So you can follow me on Twitter, which is at Bridge Group Inc., or I'm tweeting less, I'm LinkedIn more, so you can follow me on LinkedIn. Um, our blog, I would sign up for, because that's where we release all of our research. It's blog.bridgegroupinc.com. Go to our resources page. Like you said, we are research heavy so lots of free information there and i'm always here i'm easy to get at i love sales dev reps so there you go awesome well it's been a pleasure talking with you trish i appreciate the advice the learnings the sharings that you've given us today and hope that everyone can take advantage of it and find more success this year me too thanks for thank you thanks for listening to today's episode of the hunters and closers podcast Join us for more great learnings on LinkedIn, huntersandclosers.com, 
and our YouTube channel.